is Bloomberg Surveillance. We need to figure out a better way to get people into work. I think more flexible workplaces, child care, investments in infrastructure. And I think what's happening is people realize you better be doing hiring now because you may have a tougher time down the road. If wage growth continues to pick up, as I expect it will, the Fed's going to be increasingly uncomfortable having rates close to zero. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen. This Jobs Day. We welcome you worldwide and across this nation as we move to, uh, 30 minutes, make it 29 minutes from now, to a jobs report. It is one of the most interesting moments for the American labor economy. Bill Gross to join us later in the hour. And we're first honored to bring you James Glassman of J.P. Morgan. And we'll go to the heart of his decades of research on prime age America. This is the place to discover the nuances and the inequalities of our American labor economy. As always, Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Cone Resnick. Accounting Tax Advisory, Cone Resnick, will provide your business with the industry insight it needs to succeed in a dynamic economy. Sign up for insights and find out how at ConeResnick.com, C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K. And on this Jobs Day, we thank Cone Resnick for their daily support of what Michael and I do. Michael, that was a pretty good hour there with uh, Mr. Bowder of Citigroup and Mr. Kruger of a college in New Jersey. I was thinking that we need to be like hockey or uh, basketball or something. We need overtime. We need three overtimes. Yeah, we do. We have guests like, like the Predators we can last just keep night. Keep going. Yeah. Right. Uh, Jim Glassman with us. And Jim, um, I, I think a lot of people don't know that all of our guests have a nuance. They have a a part of economics where they're worldwide acclaimed. Your decades of work is in prime age. In younger Americans, you are the expert in what our kids are doing or not doing. Where is that 25-year-old right now? Yeah, well, the help, by the way, that I was an owner of some. Um, we've, we've, so, yes, we're in so here. That. So here's the here's the point. Everybody is mystified by why the labor market uh, unemployment came down so quickly in the early years of the recovery. Well, if you looked closely, what you saw was an awful lot of young adults, 20s and 30-year-olds, just banished. Where did they go? Well, they have unemployment insurance. It's called parents. A lot of them went back to school. And uh, but now now you're looking. So it, everything looked like it was really getting really good from an unemployment point of view. But you had three million young people in their 20s and 30s dropping out, going to do something else. They are all starting to come back. And by the way, there's about two and a half million people who are still in their 20 to 45 age bracket, prime age, prime right. working years, who, who disappeared, and they are now starting to come back in. And that tells you that's where this pool of hidden unemployment has been. And this is why we're starting to see, we're seeing good job trends, even though you'd think okay. that we would run out. Have we seen that before? Did we no, see that not, after the crash, after the Civil no, War? No, never, we, never before. Never. I saw a hint of this in 2001. In 2001, if you remember, the telecom bust, a lot of kids were getting offers from school. They thought they were going to the job, and then the company pulled the offer. We saw that for a brief moment, for about six months, that all happened, and it seemed like young people were getting hit more than, more than normal, but we've never seen anything quite like this. And I think, you know, maybe it speaks to the flexibility young people have, but it also speaks to the realization that everybody has that you need more of a college degree to do to get a really good job and to do well. So it was a good time. You know, if, if you had some help 
it's 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 helpful for young people to go back and get some specialized skill, and I think they'll be I think they'll be glad they did that. But this is all beginning to change, and one of the reasons the labor force is starting to pick up again, we're seeing the participation rate for by age shows that things are coming back, and that tells you this two and a half million people who are still out there are probably coming back in as the job market gets better. Well, that was the. Uh the discussion we were just having with Alan Kruger, he says we're not necessarily seeing that yet. What we're seeing is people who are unemployed staying in the labor force longer, not dropping out of the labor force because they do think at this point that maybe there's a better chance they'll get hired sooner. Well, I, I look at the participation rate of by age to see what, what's going on. And at all ages, it's beginning to come back. It dropped sharply in 2008 and 2009. So I think that tells you there's a mix of both going on. And and the fact that only recently in the last six months we're starting to see some real movement in people returning. I mean, if you're 28 years old, you didn't find a way to go to retirement. You know that if this person has disappeared, they're going to be coming back, and they'll come back when they're finished with their schooling or when they see something in the job market going on. And, and by the way, probably the best way to figure out where we are in this process is to look at the employment-to-population ratio for 20 to 45-year-olds. It's not that... 45 and 55-year-olds don't count, but when we turn 50, people start dropping out. They start going to retirement, and so to get away from the – there is a demographic thing going on as people – the retired generation, people start moving toward retirement. You're getting that employment population ratio not coming back as much as we thought in the old days, but for people when they're 20 to 45 years of age, you got a pretty good idea that they want a job. And they will get a job when they think one is available, and they'll start looking. So that ratio really tells you where we are. And in my mind, we're about 2 million away from where we were back in 2007. So that kind of tells me the job market is still kind of in the seventh inning of a full recovery. Well, it may be, but the question is, uh, does the game get rained out? Um, <laughs> I, personally, I think it's going to be extra innings. That's That's why, to me, this baseball metaphor is useful because – just because you're in the ninth inning doesn't mean it's over. Um, you, My guess is we've got another couple of years to go before we get fully recovered, and then my guess is we've got another several years at least. So I wouldn't be shocked if we've got, we're only halfway through this expansion, and it's probably going to be one of our longer ones because we don't see the financial imbalances, we don't see the inflation imbalances that would make you think that you're going to have to start wondering when is the end coming. And, and frankly, the Fed's position is really a good benchmark for how to think about this. When they're, when they're still flooring the gas pedal and, and the economy looks like it's coming back pretty well, that tells you we're not really there yet. We've got a long way to go. We've got lots of good growth. And all, all these worries about recession don't, make, don't really make sense to me because we've never seen a recession pop up out of the blue when you've got central banks all around the world gunning it. Yeah, but... It- We've seen a slowing of the economy in the first quarter. Where the economy, I don't know. Well, I don't know. No, well, let me put let me put it this way. We've seen a slowing in GDP. Exactly. GDP is not necessarily about the economy. But GDP, GDP is about GDP. GDP is a headline that gets reported. But it's uh, very profit, volatile. Profits profits are down. That's uh, true. Certainly contracting. So That's if true. I'm in the CEO's office and I'm seeing the headline, I'm not an economist. I'm not parsing it like you are. And I'm seeing my profits go down. Why wouldn't I take a pause? Why wouldn't I maybe set up a situation if everybody does this that then leads to a self-fulfilling prophecy of a, of a recession? You know, if you're in the oil sector, certainly that's going on. But the thing is, the things that are causing trouble for people in the oil industry are benefits for a lot of other people. And that's why, you know, you might ask, why would we argue? Why would we argue against the idea that things are slowing? Well, because the things that are slowing 
are are happening because of something that's going on, falling energy prices, which is benefiting a lot of people. So in theory, it ought to be a wash. We ought to be seeing as many people, if not more, benefiting uh, for every person that's having to cut back. And I think you, you may be right about the CEO. He may see that news and he say, gee, why don't I cut back? That's why I pay attention to what he's doing. And what I see what he's doing is he's not laying off people and he's hiring. And that's, to me, the best well, indication of what the CEO our, really is doing. I, I get the idea that at the margin they're hiring some quality jobs and what all of our listeners perceive as quality jobs. The overwhelming message from our listeners is the economists like Jim Glassman are nuts, and you've been very good about this, to be honest, and that the quality of the jobs ain't what it used to be. Well, is that's that true. true. That's true. And, you know, one, one simple way to look at this is just to look at what do the job trends look like by pay level. And what, what, you know, and what you can tell is that people who are earning lower pay, there's more and more people in those brackets. There's also more and more people in the very – top brackets that are doing well, it's that middle crowd, the manufacturing jobs that have gotten squeezed. And where are those people going? Most likely they're taking a job that's lower pay. So there's no doubt. With that, greater that, that uncertainty, which is part of that Sanders-Trump nexus. Yeah, but you know, a lot of this nexus. uncertainty is that the nature of the job has changed. Um, the the things are changing very rapidly. You have to be a bit more savvy with technology. Um, we have more flexibility. If you're an Uber driver, they love the jobs because it gives them flexibility. But the job is not as secure. And I think I think oh, there's on. no it's, doubt. It's not benefited. It's not 42 hours a week. You're not right. doing bowling on Thursday nights. And that's from another time and place. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and the nature of the job has really changed a lot. And technology yeah, well, if you're an Uber guy, more. you're doing it 14 hours a day. And if you're done, you're not exhausted. You go to a second job. Well, most of them do have have other jobs, I, I, and they fill in the extra gap um, to, to help people make the car payment. But, yeah, it's a whole different – the sharing economy really it, – it's got pluses and minuses, but it's a different – I, I will say this to our national audience. I'm as guilty of this. Mike McKee's less guilty of this than me. We are totally fixated by living within three zip codes of New York City. Well, that's true. We don't have a clue, Mike, what's going on out there in the rest of the world. And I'm as guilty of it as anyone. Jim Glassman, we're going to have to come back, Jim. Jim Glassman with us. We'll come back and after this discussion of the quality of jobs, look at maybe the quality of the jobs report at 8.30. We'll go beneath the headline data here in 20 minutes. Jim Glassman will give us immediate and wonderful perspective and then a conversation with Bill Gross on Fed and bond market ramifications. Futures right now, negative five rates in. All right, let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. The lead super PAC backing Democrat Hillary Clinton is planning to unleash an ad campaign against Donald Trump. Priorities USA has already reserved $91 million in television ads that will start next month and continue through Election Day. For the second straight month, SpaceX has landed a rocket on an ocean platform. This morning's successful mission had a first-stage booster touching down vertically on a barge in the Atlantic. The same thing occurred April 8th during a space station supply run for NASA. The Labor Party's Sadiq Khan is in the lead for now to be the next mayor of London. 
Almost 60% of the vote so far has been certified. Khan is on course to beat the conservatives, Zach Goldsmith. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael Barr, yields are in today. The 10-year yield, 1.74%. 30-year bond in a beat, 2.59%. On Jobs Day, James Glass and Bill Gross. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. The news update brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Outstanding offers are in full bloom at your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers. Take advantage of limited-time lease and finance programs on select models this spring season. Visit MBUSA.com for details today. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And good morning. I'm John Tucker. Let's uh, go over to the first word, breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Morning, Bill. Good morning, John. Losses in the U.S. futures amid 2.8% declines in Shanghai overnight and weakness in Europe. Dow futures currently lower by 27 points. SBs dropped four and Nasdaq futures declined by seven. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.74%. On the U.S. economic front, those job numbers at 8.30 change in non-farm payrolls estimate 200,000. Unemployment rate estimate 4.9%. After the Bell last night, Activision boosted year outlook. Endo International cut year views. Win CEO says Macau and Las Vegas had better April results. And Herbalife said talks with the FTC have progressed to advanced stage. Regarding earnings this morning, Cognizant sees QTPS below estimates and Cigna raised 2016 EPS views. In deal news, Avonic buys performance materials unit from Air Products for $3.8 billion. And Citigroup says Medivation potential takeout range 68 to 78 a share. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. Over at Goldman Sachs, Advanced Auto Parts raised to buy. Michaels cut to neutral. United Rentals and Zoetis cut to sell. Endo International cut to underperform at Mizuho. General Motors raised to equate at Morgan Stanley. And Weatherford cut to market perform over at Wells Fargo. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. John. All right, thanks, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. That is a Bloomberg business flash. Tom, Mike, Jim. John Tucker, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance's Jobs Day brought to you by Invesco. Factor-based strategies can help investors focus on high quality, low volatility, and more. Learn more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Jim Glassman with us as we're uh, 11 minutes away from the uh, jobs number. Let me go right to wages. I think it's just so important here. Do we measure average hourly earnings correctly, or is it a blue-collar measurement from another time and place? Well, it is a blue-collar measurement, but also what's happened is more and more pay is coming in the form of health care, insurance costs, and time off, and things like that. And if you look at if you look at the trends in pay, more and more pay is coming away from wages and salaries. From now, the average profits, hourly earnings. Yeah. It, the uh, average hourly earnings is just the basic wage uh, piece of this. But, you know, if you look at the cost for companies, the, what they care about is what what is the time off costing me? What is health insurance costing me? And if it goes up, they, right. they can't be as generous on the wages and where salaries. Is That's it, one thing where is an overheating of average hourly earnings? If we migrate up to 2.4%, is getting huh. out over 3% a big uh, deal? It should be running more like 3 to 4%. Okay. Yeah, it should be. That's that's more normal. If productivity well, growth is back to trend, that, you know. well, okay. There, you just you just sort of stepped on the question I was going to ask. There's a theory out there that with productivity so low and profits falling, 
companies are less inclined to pay more. They have to pay a little bit more as the labor market tightens, but they don't have to pay the way they used to, or they aren't going to pay the way they used to. So the Fed may be looking for too much out of average hourly earnings. They, they will, companies will be doing whatever it takes to manage costs. The, but the problem is if they're hiring now, it's because they anticipate things are going to be doing better and they, they have staffing needs. You can't produce the work until you have the people. So I don't believe the productivity numbers myself. I think that we're in, a, in, the, in the middle of a, a period. There's lots of things going on here that are distorting the productivity numbers. And I think at the end of the day, pay, people are going to, companies are going to pay people what they're generating. Yeah, Mike, the chart that I've been using, and maybe my chart of the year, the presidential moving average, of productivity, what we can say is what, where we are right now is very unusual. Yep. There's only one point in the early 1980s where we got here. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that raises lots of questions about measurement of GDP, for one thing. A lot of people are starting to question that. If you think about it, there have been a lot of changes going on in the last couple of years that we think are not getting picked up in GDP. We're living in a time when firms are hiring aggressively because they need to get ahead of their staffing needs. You tend to see productivity really weak when that happens. So I think the jury's out. I mean, productivity is something you learn over a course of a decade. What about, uh, it, it folds into it, uh, the, the one other major indicator that we report as part of the jobs numbers, and that's the uh, average weekly hours um, at this point expected to go up. I had somebody come up to me today and say, hey, I never thought about that. If, if, if hours go up, that means people are making more money. And uh, yep. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of people who work in part-time and voluntarily. So when they're, when they're put back on full schedules, their hours go up, but they're already counted as employment, so they don't show up in the payroll numbers, but they do boost the hours. Are work. they shifting from part-time to full-time? Uh, it looks like that's, com- that's improving steadily since, since the worst. We had about 9 million people put on part-time involuntarily back in the recession. It's come down to about 6 million. So it's on the right trajectory, but there's still a ways to go. Where should it be? Uh, more like 4 million people, roughly. Which is so a bit like your two million statistic yeah. of, of and that's hidden. That's underemployment. Yeah. That is not reflected in the official unemployment. Because if I'm part time, I'm counted as employed. That's the problem. Well, I'm part time, so that works. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, there are people out there. We will not name names who think the unemployment rate is a sham and that there it's much higher than it actually is. Uh, do, do we measure employment correctly? It, it, we measure, I mean, this is a useful measure, right, for what it, what it is. But just keep in mind that the, all these changes that are going on in the job market with people pulling out when there aren't opportunities and coming back in, it distorts the picture a little. So I focus a lot on the unemployment that's not measured, which is the part-timers and the young people who dropped out and they don't show up anywhere. And if you, if you bring them into the picture, unemployment's more like 7% or so the way if, on an apples-to-apples basis with how we normally think of it. Um, all the other metrics are – they're useful, but, but they're all going in the same direction. They're all coming mm-hmm. down. But what you – you've got to be careful when you take – when you look at unemployment statistics because you can't take them at face value because there have been a lot of changes. And there's a lot of unemployment that's kind of masked. We don't see it mm-hmm. because it disappeared from the, yeah. uh, from the, job, from the, the view of the BLS. So this is a treat. We go from Bowder and Kruger to James Glassman of J.P. Morgan, and then uh, we will go on to Mr. Gross after Glassman gives us his important instant analysis of what we see. How do we do that? We do that off the Bloomberg. Let's be blunt, Mike. We don't do this. A team of people do this with our headline team. Our Alec Tanzi and our statistics team help out. It's literally 25 people that help us 
at 8.30, bring this to you. And then we get down to the lowly ability for me, Mike, to hit the print button correctly on the keyboard <laughs> to give Jim Glassman the eight pages from the Bureau of Labor that's, Statistics. That, that's, that's how we know that productivity has yeah. been mismeasured. <laughs> there it is. Any. It is Jobs Day. Jim Glassman and Bill Gross uh, with us. What you need to know, yields are in this morning. The two-year yield, 0.7300. Jobs Day, Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.